I was just going to share a little bit, but I forgot the I forgot to bring my word that um, Nathan gave us. You know, it'll be almost a year to the day. He was here on the 31st of October a year ago, and that word that was given to us then about a solidifying coming to this body, and that it will go deeper than it ever has before. Do you kind of remember that? I was just going over that myself yesterday, looking to see where we are at in that word, and it's really important. And um, so anyway, I believe in the fundraiser that we did, even though it, it didn't have the all of the... Um, the big bunch of people that came, there was a solidifying that went on with the body that day. It was a solidifying. And lens, like I shared with somebody else this last week, there was more that happened in the spirit realm than what we can see. But there was a solidifying where everybody was working together. We were able to see what we could do better next time and believe the Lord has already instructed us to do it again. It's to become a yearly event. It may have a little bit of... Um, a change to it next year and maybe other things. I I know there's a few things we're going to adjust and do different, but, but I just wanted to share with you that there's a solidifying. If you remember the word was to the body as well as it was to me and that people were going to step up and take positions that they had, you know, in, in, in what God was wanting to do in this body. And it would bring that solidifying. Anyway, I wanted to read that, and I I just forgot to stick that in this morning. I was looking for it a minute ago. But if you have that, I don't know, Jeff, are you looking for it on there? Oh, okay. Well, anyway. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Jeff. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, so I just wanted to share that. So along with other things that we're, we're getting ready to do besides those guys coming, at different times this year, um, believe it or not, things are just uh, shifting. Remember we talked about the shifting last week? We're in this shift, and that was the very first thing that was said in that word, that we're in a shift. Well, you know, I'm <laughs> ready to move out of the shift, you know, because the shift means lots of things. It means lots of pruning. It means changing, rearranging. It's not just me. It's everybody in the body of Christ. And so people are dealing with things, whether you can see it on them or not. There are things that people are growing in at at this very minute. If you're here or if you're not here, if they're not here, there's things that people are growing in and having to get rid of so that we can be in more of a solidified position. Does that make sense? Anyway, so, so that was, um, that was, that word shift, of course, I think I knew that before Nathan gave that out. Most of that com- confirmed to me. Anyway, so the cards that I gave you, I want you to just take a minute right now. I want you to write on the card. If you, uh, you can look at it both ways because we're, we're, we're going to start discipleship classes. And, um, I'm, not sure exactly when they'll start. We're kind of busy now again, but um, we're going to start those. And um, um, Richard is writing the curriculum for those. So um, anyway, I want you to write on your cards. If and if you need a pen, there's pens around. I mean, we can get you a pen. There's pens in the office, Jerry. If anybody needs a pen, raise your hand. But write on the write on the card. Um, I want you to put down, when you got born again, now I can tell you where where I needed it. Jeff. <laughs> anyway, I can tell you um, where it was for me when I got born again, where, where there was a place where, so to speak, I fell through the crack. And that was where nobody told me about reading my Bible. I didn't know anything about that. I just got born again, you know, watching Billy Graham, but there was no instruction in that. Nobody was helping me with that. So it, it was a, a it, it, um, has hindered me probably to this day that I didn't have that instruction. So what I want you to do on the cards, I want you to write down, even you young people, you're a big part of the body of Christ. You're a major part. And, and I want you to write down, if you were going to lead somebody to the Lord, what would be and what would be something that you think would be important to share with them and, or you could put down if there was an area in your own life that you would have liked to have known when you got born again that you didn't know like I was just sharing with you you know about the word 
you can know. Uh, fill the card if you want to. <laughs> but, but yeah, just jot those areas down. Um, things that you think are important uh, in training people that come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. What would a person need to know? What would you disciple them in? Or what would you have liked to have been discipled in yourself and you weren't or you haven't been so far? Um, a lot of the curriculum I know will be around the fact that we have, um, I've, I've taught a lot of it already in just Richard and I talking about it. A lot of it's been taught. But um, uh, you know what? We, we don't just get stuff at one time. The message today that I'm, I'm going to share um, actually sprung off of one of the songs Kim um, had us do this morning. And um, I was I was just, um, I had, I don't know, maybe five different topics yesterday afternoon. And I'm going, Lord, which one is it? You know, and um, so then I, I started looking at the name of Jesus. Now, that name, the name of Jesus, has been very um, important to me for a lot of years. But just in prepping for today, I realized that the Lord wanted me to go deeper with that. You know, we, we can know something, but do we know it? We can know something, but see, a lot of the Word of God has facets. There's different facets to the, to the Word of God that, you know, will pop up. You may see one facet here, and, and six months later, if you're meditating on that Word, on that Scripture verse, it can have another facet. And let, I'll give you an example of the Romans 10, 9, and 10. One facet is that leading someone to the Lord and getting them born again. Another facet is one that I come across, and that's where you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. That same scripture verse had at least two facets, and I'm sure with other people, there's other things that they have seen in that. So there's the Word of God isn't just a one-time event. We should be going over it and over it and meditating and meditating and listening to it, whether we've heard it one time or ten times or fifty times. Amen? I'll be quiet and I'll sing right in your cards. You don't need to stop the record or anything. Richard will catch that. So will change it. So I'm also we've been a little slow getting the messages up, but um, Richard's been gone and I've been gone, and then so we're we're going to get those caught up too. So if you have those done, if you just want to raise them up in the air and Jerry will pick them up. <laughs> yeah, you went to get pens, didn't you? If there's an area in your life that um, you felt like you should have, would have liked to know more when you got born again and it, it didn't come to you or you didn't, you struggled with it, or if you were going to disciple somebody, what would be a, an important thing that you feel like they should know about, you know? So, um, well, if you're done, kids can go quietly. Yeah, if you're done with it, raise your hand up and and uh, Jerry can grab them, pick them up for me, and then just hang on to them till after church, Jerry. So I, I'll just go and talk a little bit more. I, also in those roles where we're solidifying the church and bringing the church into a more of a, sol a, a solid where everybody has roles or not everybody, everybody is moving into places of service or function. Um, then, um, and there is, there is more labors that will be coming. It says that in that word. And so we need to keep our faith on that. It, it doesn't make any difference what we see, what is God promised, you know. And God has promised that there would be an influx of people, that this place won't hold it. So I'm always listening for where the Lord wants us to go or what he wants us to do here. And, um, um, but anyway, I just, it's a, it's a good opportunity to, um, 
uh, watch and see what what the Lord does do with what we are called to do. Amen. Um, uh, and and back to the solidifying thing, you'll see that I've been trying to let people that are in positions uh, of authority do a little bit more. But basically, if you see something like where Lynette put things up or you put, or you saw where Zach put things, uh, Sharon a little bit, most of those things were because they had talked to me first. And, um, I just want you to understand that I'm still, <laughs> I'm still, um, here and doing this and, and, um, and, but I'm trying to give people more opportunity to do what they're called to do. Amen. And so, so we're both, all of us are working. I'm working to, to, um, help them do what they're called to do as well as give myself an opportunity to move into some areas that we haven't we haven't moved into yet or we haven't um, uh, put to work yet. Um, so th- there's lots of things that I have on my heart that we're supposed to be doing, but we're just not there yet. And so I have to just, I have to keep waiting, you know. And so, but um, it will be, it will be a time when we're really busy and everybody's going to know their role and what they're supposed to do. And I'm not going to have to stand at the door and say, did you get this? Did you do that? Have you done this? Did you get that done? You know what I mean? And so, so anyway, um, not that, not, that wasn't anything bad about that. It's just kind of where it's been lately, you know? And so, um, uh, Ryan has taken on the role of, um, building maintenance person. Um, Jerry will be head usher, but it will involve more than that. Um, Zach is, is, um, um, sound tech right now and so there's just people that are moving and so if there's something on your heart that you'd like to do please please let me know um um Jalissa's gonna pick up uh um helping me with the women of destiny stuff and so that'll be a big help she'll be a she'll be another um like Lynette Lynette is um let's see what's the name on that <laughs> um <laughs> that that she could be too. <laughs> um, events coordinator, events coordinator, yeah, events coordinator. So Lynette is that, but that has an S on it, so there'll be more than one person that will be doing events coordinating. So Jalissa is another one in in line with that as well. Okay, so I guess enough of that, right, guys? Anybody got any questions about stuff? <laughs> all right, all right, there we go. Okay, well we're going to be talking today. About, yeah, well, there's a job for you coming, Kim. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I got some things in mind for you, Jeff, so we'll just wait and see here. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so we're going to talk about the name of Jesus. It's very real to me, the name of Jesus. You know, you'll see me on Sunday mornings a lot of times exalt the name of Jesus. That's because I believe the name of Jesus is above every name. I have that in my heart. I believe that in my heart, and I confess that with my mouth. But it is exactly, he is Lord, and he is over, and everything has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. So if you can't ever remember anything to do in the midst of a crisis, just start saying the name of Jesus. Now you can't do it in a in a panic. You got to get some faith behind it, but because you know, one time when when uh, I got a call from a predominant church in Marshalltown, and the lady on the other end was just panicking, and she was going, um, she says, uh, "There's a a young man here, and he flew in from California, and he needs to be set free, and he's flying around the room. And what do we do? What do we do? What I, we don't know what to do. What do we do?" And this was a large one of the large denominational churches, and they were they were um, wanting to know what to do. And the, the lady was just panicking. Said, "Well, the first thing is to do is to get out of fear, <laughs> you know." And so she was so fearful of what the situation was. And so I said, well, you get out of fear. And so then, um, um, so they were wanting people that knew how to deal with demonic influences. So I got a hold of Dick and Dick went over there. And, um, and in that, then, um, he didn't, there was about six guys trying to hold this guy down. And so he was flying around the room and Dick just said, Lord, what do you want me to do about this? And 
Lord said, well, just hold him in contempt. And I've told this story before. And, and Rich Dick used to tell it a lot. I don't know that Rich has any. But anyway, so he just started laughing. Just started laughing at the devil. You think you're more powerful than God. And then it just, that guy put the brakes on and came right up to Dick. And of course, he was making fun of Dick praying in tongues. You know how that devil does that. But, and, and so he said, what are you laughing at? Dick says, well, you think you're more powerful than God. And um, anyway, um, so make a long story short, um, Dick ministered to him, got him set free. And um, and then and that was the situation where we went back then and ministered. They want the wife wanted to be ministered to because she was um, practicing some witchcraft type stuff. Uh, so we got her set free, and they looked night and day difference. Exactly, witchcraft stuff. She was learning how to do things satanically. Um, she was in in um, living in California because there's enough of that stuff out there. But anyway, she, well, she was just learning to levitate knives to kill people is what she was trying to learn. So we just dealt with her and, and night and day difference. They came to our house about two days later and they were totally different. And they, people should look that way when they've been set free. They look different. Amen. And so anyway, um, so, so, so you, you can't use the name of Jesus if you're, if you're in a lot of fear. I, you got to get yourself in faith and believe that that name is above every name. Amen. You have to believe that. And then you use that name. You use that name knowing that it's going the whole situation is going to crumble. It's going to change. Amen. You use that name. Okay. So let's, um, let's look at Colossians one, please. Some of these, like I said, are going to be review, but I don't, I, that's okay. It's, it's good to have, um, uh, review on some of these scripture verses because we forget when we, especially when we get in a tight spot, you know what I mean by a tight spot? We get in a place where, where the pressure is on and things are, are tough and we need to know that these basically, um, let's look at Colossians 1.13, please. Um, For he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. So we have been, in what Jesus did on the cross, we've been, we've been transferred from darkness to light. We are no longer uh, in the kingdom of uh, darkness. We are in the kingdom of light. So we need to know that because we walk in that then as well. And then if you go on and look at Colossians 2, uh, flip it over to Colossians 2.15. And Jesus, when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them having triumphed over them through him. So it's through him. He made a public display. Basically, he stripped them of their power. They have no power, no power. He's brought brought them to naught. Uh, he, he reduced them to nothing. You remember, I'll say a lot of times they have not, they're nothing. The demonic influences are nothing. The only power they have is what we give them by give, by fear, being afraid, by by our verbiage. Uh, that's the only power they have, and so um, so Jesus has has disarmed them, made a public display, and I always say that every time we do that to them, every time we break their power, every time we command them to go, every time we laugh at them and exalt the name of Jesus, we are making a public display of them as well. Amen. We make a, a public display of them. They have no power, so we have to walk in the place that Jesus walked. Are we walking in the place that Jesus walked? He used his authority to command him to go. That's that place where we live and move and have our being. We live and move and have our being in his position, in his place. So he has given us authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. We have been given that authority. We're going to see some more scripture verses here. So as we have that authority, then we put that authority to work because we are in his place, in his position. We live and move and have our being in him. So he handed the authority to, to, um, over to us. We use the authority just as if he was here doing the same thing. 
Amen? That's the mindset we need to have. I'm here in place of Jesus, and I'm doing what he's called me to do. I'm doing what he's told me to do, and that's to tread upon serpents and scorpions. That's to cast out devils. That's to lay hands on the sick, and that's what I'm here to do. That's what everybody's here to do. We're here to do what Jesus did. We're here. He was one person. He couldn't do it all, but we're here to do what he what he was here doing. Okay? And so he had to go. He sent the Holy Spirit, but he also gave us the authority. Let's look at um let's look at Philippians two, please. Philippians two. And um you can think of it in Philippians two nine. You can think of it as a, a, another way that um, he paralyzed them. They're just they're afraid of you, and they're afraid of this church because this church is learning their authority. This church knows who they are in Christ. This church knows that they what they've been called to do. Most churches do not know. They do not know who they are in Christ. They do not know that they have the name of Jesus. It's use, It's an example like like there was, I was reading about this uh, lady that was, was dying of malnutrition. She had no food in her home. And she lived in a, just a little shack. You know, you think of the shacks. If, you, if you've been down in the middle of uh, Mexico, the shacks are, that's exactly what they are. They're just mud on the floor and they're just, just maybe one window and it's just a it's just a, a mud hut basically and so but this lady had nothing she had nothing so this guy went in to minister to her and he saw on her on the wall there was a, a letter that had been sent to her and she had used to work and serve this really rich lady um I don't know what her title was, but she had served her for many, many years, and she was so proud of that and so pleased. And this lady sent her a letter. She was so pleased with that that she framed the letter and put it up on the wall. And this guy went in to minister to her, and he said, uh, could, I, could I take that and have it examined, that letter? Come to find out this lady that she had served for so many years had given her a home and money to take care of her for the rest of her life. And she she didn't know it. Well, she couldn't read, but she didn't know it. And that's where the church is. They've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness, but they don't know it. They don't know how to implement it. They don't know what to do with it when they, and, and if they hear what they have. And so so when you think about a situation like that, and his, here's this lady, everything was met for her, but she didn't know it. You think about the church. I'm not talking about this church. The church at large. Everything has been done for them in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Are they walking in it? Do they know that? No. They don't even know there's the Holy Spirit. They, Some of them don't even know. I had two quick counseling sessions this week, just like that popped up after we prayed for the youth. and uh, And I could tell the one didn't know anything about Satan and what he does. Uh, the other one was very knowledgeable, so that one was a, was an easy one to help explain, well, you don't do this, but that's okay if you did that. But the other one, you know, just just not knowing what to do, not knowing what to do for her for her um, granddaughter. And, and, the, and the, the thing that I prayed Wednesday night is she was telling me in Des Moines that the, the the thing is backed up, trying to help all the youth. There's no doctors available. They're so backed up. And um, she ended up in the ER so that to get her in. But it, it it's just on my heart. There's so much of a need out there. People need uh, to know what we know. They need to be able to put those things to work. Amen? Anyway, so the name of Jesus is above every name. Let's look at Philippians 2.9, please. I mean, it starts over here in, in seven, you know, where it talks about having this attitude that, in, that you yourself have has the attitude that's also in Christ Jesus, and, and and what he did, he emptied himself, and then oh, you go over here and verse eight, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. And this is Philippians three eight or two eight. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now, 
verse 9, because he was obedient, therefore also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. The name which is above every name. Now, you know, when I first read that or first heard that, I took that literally. I started meditating on the fact that the name of Jesus is above every name. So I would picture the name of Jesus above any sickness and disease. I would picture the name of Jesus above strife. I would picture the name of Jesus above fear and torment. I would meditate that way on that. Because see, therefore also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Well, if, we're going to, if we are going to believe the word of God, then we need to believe this, right? We need to believe that the, the name of Jesus is above every name. We need to believe that. If you don't believe it, it, it's not going to work for you. Because, see, we have to believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. So if we don't believe it, it is not going to work. That's simple, right? If you don't believe that Jesus died on the cross for you and you don't confess it with your mouth, are you born again? No. No. Why would you be? Why would you get born again if 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 you didn't believe that he did do that? That's where the word of God is so important. Everything that God said and God promised, we have to believe it and confess it with our mouth. And you know, I know, I know, if I'm not believing something, if I'm not in a place of faith with it. You all know that. You should be able to recognize if you're not in faith with something or how much faith you have. It's like I was saying in the beginning it, it, when we first started this. I know that this has caused things to go deeper for me. And that name of Jesus is going to carry, when I use it, it's going to carry more power now than it did before. And I, I really felt like I had a good handle on the name of Jesus. And it was under, and using that, because I use it everywhere. The name of Jesus is so important. I use it in my prayer life. I use it when I, when I go and eat out somewhere. It's, I always end in the name of Jesus. You know why? Because I'm standing in his stead and I'm praying what he prays. I'm doing that. I'm speaking that out in the name of Jesus. I'm doing it. I'm doing it on his behalf because I'm in his place. I'm in his position. That's how important the name of Jesus is to me. The name of Jesus. I've, I've gotten injured at different times. You know what the first thing is I, I purpose to do, it really is, is to start exalting the name of Jesus. I say the name of Jesus, 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 because it's the name that's above every name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is the name above pain, right? Wouldn't it be? Jesus, Jesus is the name above uh, um, colds, right? The name of Jesus is above cancer. Is that correct? The name of Jesus is above back pain. Is that correct? Is the name of Jesus above every disease? Every disease. Well, let's, let's look at that. It goes on to say, verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Well, what is every knee there? What's every knee? Every knee should bow. Huh? Every knee. Every knee should bow, yeah. And those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Okay. Heaven, angels, you know, are going to bow to the name of Jesus. The earth, man, is going to bow. And under the earth, the demonic influences are going to bow to the name of Jesus. <clears throat> so what at that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Well, I always just see that immediately, that that demon of cancer has got to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. Okay? The demon of, of infirmity. Not, and not every sickness and disease has a demon with it, but... I would probably say the majority of them do. <laughs> but anyway, um, so it has to bow its knee, has to bow its knee. All oppression, depression, fear, and torment has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus because you're exalting Jesus as Lord. Now, you have to, you have to uh, take this seriously or it won't work for you. Let's look at that. Keep going there. And verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those who are in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, verse 11, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So then if you keep going on over here, well, let's let's flip over to, um, um, yeah, I think, Ephesians. Let's go back over to Ephesians. Yeah, Ephesians 1, 
And again, it's going to kind of say what we just said, but Ephesians 1. Well, we can start with 21. It's kind of, I'm jumping in the middle of this prayer here, but verse 21. Um, well, let's start with 20. Which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Who did he seat us at his right hand? Jesus. And and who's who's he seated him at his right hand? Who's he here? Who's he here? Who's he here? Oh, man, that's kind of tongue twister. Which he brought about in Christ. Who's he there? Which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead. God, he set, he set Jesus at the right hand of God the Father. Amen? Okay, okay. We talked about this this last week or the week before. When he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Okay, you just need to have a picture of Jesus seated at the right hand of God the Father. Okay? And it goes on, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion in every name that is named. He's seated above every name that is named. And only in this age, but all, not only in this age, but in the one to come. Verse 22, and he put all things in subjection under his feet. We talked about this not too long back. And gave him as head over all things to the church. Verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So the body, the body of Christ, body is, is, and Jesus is the head and we are the body, but we're seated. Let's, no, wait, we better go on. We'll go on to Ephesians 2, verse 6. Then we'll talk. And he raised us up. Who's, who, who raised us up? God, God raised us up with him. And seated us with him, with Jesus. He seated us with Jesus in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So are we seated in heavenly places right now? We're seated in heavenly places with Jesus at the right hand of God the Father. Remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about what the right hand was? What is the right hand? <laughs> What's the right hand? It's this one. Huh? Authority. Yeah. He's seated there. God and Jesus is seated there and we're seated there too. So, so we, we are sitting in a position where his feet is over all the, the demonic influences. Let's see. Go back to that, that, um, Colossians or Philippians. Excuse me here. Philippians. No, wait. I'm sorry. Okay. Ephesians. Sorry. Okay, Ephesians 1, where it's 21, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. And then it goes on in verse 22, and he put all things in subjection under his feet. So if we're seated with him, to, together with him in heavenly places, then all things are in subject, subjection under our feet, right? Is that right? Then you can say we we'll, we tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure us. Okay, so so I want you to see that that um um we're raised up with him and seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So you have to meditate on that. That's where you are all the time. I know you're seated here. But spiritually, you're seated with him in heavenly places. And that's where you live and move out of that place, out of that position, not out of your flesh position that's sitting here. <laughs> Does that make sense? I mean, that would really be foreign to a lot of people, but that, that's who we are. We're a spirit being first. We have a soul and we live in a body. So it's the spirit being that's in charge, and it's the spirit being that carries the authority and your soul and your flesh just come along, right? Okay, so so this is all going to make sense when you go to lay hands on somebody that's dealing with an infirmity or a sickness and disease. You're going to lay hands on them, and you're going to cast that devil out, and you're going to command life and healing to flow. Um, let's look at uh, Matthew 28, please. This is just such a good story, such a good, not story, example 
a good flow of events that goes on in and how the word connects and brings a brings a reality to the word and it doesn't become a um well maybe what if how could that be uh, i don't know if i believe that or not but you can see it um in the word so easily matthew 28 um it talks about and jesus came up and spoke to them the disciples saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth go therefore and make disciples of all the nations back baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now you tie that with, excuse me, Mark 16, please, where it says, Mark 16, 15, Jesus said, go, and he's talking to the disciples again, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. Verse 17, and these signs will accompany those who have believed in my name. Whose name? Jesus' name. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it shall not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. All of that is done in his name. All of it's done in his name. That's why the in Christ position, you live and move and have your being in him because all of that's done in that in Christ position. Remember, I talked, I've talked a lot about, you know, when you get into an area of sin, you got sin in the camp, your camp or your Whatever you got sin in the camp, if you got sin in the camp, do you think the name of Jesus is going to work effectively for you? Mm-mm. Because you're not standing in a right standing position. You have to be in that in Christ, that in Christ position. You have to be there. You have to be there or it's not going to work for you. So when you know, I mean, let, let's say there's a place of grace. Let's say you're in a sin area and you you uh, don't recognize it, don't know it yet. Maybe you haven't been told or you haven't seen it. I'm sure the Holy Spirit's working with you, but maybe you are, uh, you might have heard it, but you're being disobedient. Well, then there's a place there where there's a place there where where um, uh, you are aware of the sin, but you're not obeying. So if you're aware of the sin, the things of God will not work for you. But if there's a place of grace where you're wanting to do what's right, right, and maybe you haven't heard uh, or uh, done the the right thing yet, there's it's, uh, there's an area of grace that will work for you in behalf of that. Does that make sense? Make sense? Okay. All right. So so we we are. We go into all the world. We've been told to go in both Matthew and Mark, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and have been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. So we do it in his name. We do it. Live and move and have our being in him. Amen? Amen. Okay, so um see Jesus gave us the authority. I mean, you know, the weapons of our of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. So the name of Jesus is one of those weapons, but it's a mighty weapon. When you think about everything that we we see in the word that says my name, and we're going to hand out those there's papers here in just a little bit that um that I typed up quick this morning has all these scripture verses in my name. Um, some of them are some that we have covered, some of them are not, but I would take this and use this as a, a study and write those out and really see the importance of his name in the word of God, in my name, in my name, in my name. We're going to do that that confession too in just a little bit. All of that will build you up on the inside knowing that you have faith to believe in the name of Jesus, and that when you speak and command a demonic influence to go, in the name of Jesus, it has to go. We're go- oh, boy, I'm trying to I'm trying to hurry here. Let's look at Acts 19. We we'll, we'll probably do more of this next week. Everybody will everybody will be back, and I would like everybody to hear this word. Um, 
Acts 19, 11. Okay, 11. We'll just start there. Um, God was per- performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul so that handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out. But also some of the Jewish exorcists who went from place to place attempted to name over those attempted to name over those who had the evil spirits the name of Lord Jesus they attempted, saying, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. <laughs> and seven sons of one Sceva, Jewish chief priests, were doing this. And the evil spirit answered and said to them, I recognize Jesus, and I know about Paul. But who are you? Who are you? So see, there's a place of authority that we walk in. <laughs> we want to walk in that authority and not... And, um, but anyway, they said, and who are you? And so then you know what happened in verse 16. And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them and subdued all of them, all seven, and overpowered them so that they they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this became known to all, both Jews and Greeks, who lived in Ephesus. And fear fell upon them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was being magnified. And so... um so it's, it's important that you know who you are in Christ and what you have been given, that name that's above every name. Um, and we have that name. We use it in worship, the name of Jesus in worship, in praise, in prayer, deliverance, in healing. Um, it is, it is uh, very important. Let's look at another one. And um, I wanted to get to the area of prayer and how important the name of Jesus is in prayer. But, but the Lord did hit that a little bit earlier so we may pick that up there next week Matthew 8 please this is one of my favorites and I don't know I've meditated on this and meditated on this over and over and over I saw a little bit more this time you know than I have in the past but this is the centurion and um, he had come um, when Jesus had come down from the mountain great multitudes followed him and behold a leper came to him and and bowed down to him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And he stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I'm willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said, I mean, if you just take that instant right there and meditate on that, you'll know exactly where your faith is in being able to minister to leprosy. You know, you walk up and are you confident in laying your hands on that person, commanding the leprosy to go? Or would you like to run the other way? <laughs> that will deter, I mean, that will help you know, do you have faith to do that? If you don't, then it, there's nothing wrong with that. You just have to gird that area up. And you gird it up by spending more time fasting and praying and meditating the word on healing. Okay? Uh, and so it goes on and... Um, Let's see, back down, let's talk about this in verse 8. But the centurion, wait, well, the centurion had come. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. The centurion said, for I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said those to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. And and so, so we see there that the authority that Jesus carried, he just needed to speak the word. He just needed to speak the word. Amen? Um, and so he... he um, um, When Jesus come up against those with sickness and disease or demonic influences, he spoke the word. He just said in Jesus' name, or not in Jesus' name, but that's what we would do. We say in Jesus' name, go in Jesus' name, because we are in that place of authority. And so we do the same thing he did, only we use the name of Jesus. Amen? We use the name of Jesus. Okay. Um, so... Um, Basically, we just need to meditate on that area and, and, and um, 
Let's look at Acts 3, please. We, we talked on this one before. Um, so we just need to know that if if Jesus spoke and they obeyed, if Jesus spoke and demons obeyed and left, if Jesus spoke and sickness and disease left, then we're in his stead, can't we? Can't we speak to sickness and disease and it should leave, right? It should leave. It should go. Demons should go. The minute we speak the word, we speak the name of Jesus, it should, they should go. It really should, it should be that way. <clears throat> and, um, okay, let's look at, um, this is the, uh, Acts 3, I'm sorry, yeah, did I say Acts 3? This has uh, got to do with um, um, Peter and John, and basically, um, we'll start with 3, and when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking for alms, and we've talked about this scripture verse quite a bit, but down here you'll see Verse 6, but Peter said, I, I don't possess any silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. So he said that with authority. He said, in the name of Jesus, walk. In the name of Jesus, walk. <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you're going to uh, pray for somebody and, all, and you pray in Jesus' name, walk, but in the, in the inside of your brain, you're going, I don't think this is going to happen. <laughs> what's going on there? You're in doubt and unbelief, aren't you? It has to be a believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. You can't have your, you can't have your mind somewhere else thinking this is not going to happen. <laughs> this is not going to happen. This is not going to happen. You can't be doing that. You can't lay hands on somebody and think it's not going to happen. Have you done that before? Or am I just talking to... Uh, the empty room. <laughs> Have you done that before? Have you laid hands on somebody and had that thought? Oh, this is this is worse than it looks. I don't know that this is going to change. But you didn't say it. You just prayed, right? You know. Okay. Well, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Verse twelve. Then let's see what I have down here. Um. Okay. Um. This is again talking about the name. Uh, but when Peter saw this, he replied to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you gaze at us as if by our own power or piety we have made him walk? And then it goes on to talk about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus, the one whom you delivered up and disowned in the presence of Pilate when he decided to release him. And so basically they're saying there in verse 16, it goes on, which this is really good. And on the basis of faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man. And the basis of faith in that name. Faith in, in his name. They had faith in that name when they spoke that name, that the name of Jesus was going to cause that man to have strength in his legs and walk. Okay, we've already talked about Romans in that. Okay, so um, let's go ahead. And I, I'm, I'm just going to stop right there, and we'll pick this up next week because I had, I had a couple more pages of scriptures. And let's do this confession, please, together. And um, I, I didn't get to the area of prayer in the name of Jesus, but we will next week. Okay, let's say this. The name of Jesus is great. We're going to believe this in our heart and confess this with our mouth, correct? Don't say that. <laughs> Just, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to believe this in our heart and confess this with our mouth. You know how to believe? You know, <laughs> you know how to confess it in faith? Do you know how to do that? Everybody? Everybody? Everybody, you know, you just make a choice. Oh, yeah, you better pass those out. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that's okay. This was important. Then I'd wonder why they weren't saying it after me. <laughs> I'm reading it. but <laughs> So, yeah, you can take this home, and this is a good study thing, a good confession. If you want to build up that, you know, because that name of Jesus is a, it's one of those mighty weapons of our warfare. And it's not, it's not, um, it's a spiritual thing. If you can see that it's a spiritual thing that we're doing, it's spiritual. It's not in the, in the, you know, if you, it's not in the flesh, it's a spiritual thing. You actually picture 
that name of Jesus above whatever you're praying or doing or exalting, that name of Jesus. Whenever I exalt the name of Jesus in here on a Sunday morning, that's what I'm doing. The name of Jesus is greater than any demonic influence that thinks it has a right to the, the territory here. That name of Jesus is greater, and that's what I believe, and that's why I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord over Marshalltown, over our state, and over our nation. And that's what I believe, and I confess that with my mouth. Amen? Okay, so the name of Jesus is great. The name of Jesus is mighty. The name of Jesus is powerful. There is authority in that name. And I have a, I have the right to use that name. That name has been given unto the church. That name has been given to me. And I can use it. I believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The name that is above every name. And that name is mine. I stand in that name. I walk in that name. I live in that name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. See, now when you say that in worship, blessed be the name of the Lord. Exactly. And I love you, Lord. All of those things, those are all going somewhere. You know, um, I, I was power of attorney for my mom, and that was the only only person that I have been. But, you know, when you're power of attorney for somebody, you stand in a place of being able to write write the checks and take care of the bills and do whatever needs to be done on behalf of that person. Well, it's the same place. We have that. We have the power of attorney for Jesus Christ here. And we have the right to stand in that place and take authority. I mean, if you just picture that, that just, that just increased my revelation of the name of Jesus right there when I was meditating on that earlier. But if you just, if you just think about the authority that we have, same kind of authority you have when you write checks and you stand in the place for somebody that can't do it. You have that same authority now. You stand in the place and you speak to that demon or you command that sickness or you break the power of that in the name of Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus that we do that. Amen? Amen.